everybody, and welcome back into this edition of the Redbird Report. I am Cade Heather, sports editor here at the Vedette, and I am joined, as always, alongside with my co-host and co-sports editor, Jonathan Barless. What's up? <laughs> How are we doing today? Uh, it's it's another good. Monday. Well, honestly, can we talk about the weather first? It is finally, finally, it's, finally, finally warmed up a little bit. It's warmer now. It's very bearable to walk outside. I don't yeah. feel like I want to like freeze over to death. Thank yep. the Lord. Doesn't but other than much. that, ice melts, and I guess the Redbirds heat up along with it. The Redbirds now yeah. riding a three-game win streak and now sharing the top spot in the Valley with Loyola, defeating them. How about them. that? How about... Oh, was so much Man. to talk about today. So much to talk about. A lot of good things. Uh, the Redbirds are currently 14 and 9 and 7 and 3 in the Missouri Valley Conference. They do share the top spot with Loyola, who is also 7 and 3 in the conference as well. Cade, we yeah. were at the game. High energy, lots yeah. of fans. The first time in a while we've seen the student section this packed. I'll, I'm going to start off with a question, actually. I'm going to start off mm-hmm. with an interview question for Mr. Cade yeah, Heather today. Okay. The impact of the fans and the student section, how big? Was it for this game for the birds to come through and get this win? I think that was a really, really big because, I mean, all season long, there's never been a student <laughs> section anywhere close to that, and it's amazing. You get free tickets, free pizza, and free, they're and, doing it again. This they're many, doing it again against Valpo on Tuesday yeah, too. Yeah, and if this you, many, and this many students come out, so it's amazing, and I think it's a huge, huge advantage. When I was up at Loyola, I mean, that's a tiny gym, but that was packed. It was yeah. completely full students. It was even, like, before break had officially ended yet, and there was still student section was completely full. I think Gentile is 4,500, 4,600 max yeah, capacity. something like that. It, it's it's very small, whereas Redbird Arena is, like, closer to nine, ten thousand. 10,000. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and this was about a little over 8,000 fans there. I think that made a huge difference. It was loud uh, from the beginning. And, you know, I don't know. I mean, Loyola might say, you know, it wasn't – didn't make a huge difference it's college college basketball atmosphere right. you know but i don't know i think i think it made a little bit of uh gave definitely gave them a uh, home court advantage home court uh, advantages absolutely and huge in college yeah, basketball and they're 10 and 2 now at home yes. this year so 13 and 0 when undefeated leading in half as in well the valley. Yeah. yeah undefeated in the valley when leading at home 13 and 0 undefeated when leading at halftime and history seems to keep repeating itself they just seem to find a way to get it done at home <clears throat> yeah uh, a road test Coming up this upcoming weekend, but for now the Redbirds do stay yep. at home against Valparaiso this upcoming Tuesday at seven. But let's backtrack a little bit. Let's go back to Loyola. Uh, along with the fans, along with the energy, the Redbirds had another great game. Shots were falling. Keyshawn yeah. had a couple shots fall. He had made three pointer. He had three threes. Uh, he did yep. put together another fourteen yeah. point night. Malik Yarbrough, yep. four threes. Four, yeah, and four threes. Excuse me. Wow. Uh, Yarbrough putting together a team high 21 points. Uh, mm-hmm. Isaac Gasman got a little bit of time there. He did make a clutch three when he needed to. Five points yeah. for him. Zach Copeland 11 points and MVC newcomer of the week after that game as well. So a lot of positives coming from this game and a lot more momentum for the Redbirds moving forward. So Kay, why don't you kind of take us through how this game went down? I mean, I think the first first 10 minutes or so, this was a very back and forth matchup. Uh, you know, ISU got off to, uh, I believe they got off to a quick lead, but I mean it was really back and forth. It Each was, team yes. went on a went on their own seven seven zero run in on the in the early goings, um, but really it was around towards the end of the first half. I mean it was pretty even until ISU kind of pulled up with a five or six point lead, mm-hmm. 
And then uh, it was really not until the very end of the first half that they gained a, gained a lot of momentum going into halftime when Yarbrough hit two back-to-back threes with hands in his face that Ooh. Porter Moser called James Harden-like threes. Yep. That's um, right. And then Keyshawn Evans goes ahead and takes in a layup right at the end of the half with just like two seconds left and took all the momentum into halftime with a 10-point lead, and it was loud in there. <laughs> um, and, yeah, I mean, I think they got all the momentum going into halftime. As we said, they are undefeated when leading at halftime. Absolutely. That was an absolute key for this uh, game. Um, get off to a hot start, and they did. And they kept they, it going they, in the second they, half as yeah, well. Yeah, they kept it going and up until about – five or six minutes left in the game, but they had they had already built that uh, comfortable lead to withhold it. Uh, Loyola did get within six points of the Redbirds' lead, but the most yeah. the Birds were leading at in this game was by 16. And against a team that's the you know reigning MVC champions, yep. tout the MVC player of the year, Final Clayton Custer. Team, I mean... Yeah, and where, where was Clayton Custer? Exactly. Very silent, only eight points for him, missed a lot yeah. of his shots. He was two for 13 from the field. He was, he was one for 12 oh. from three-point from three-point wow. range. I mean, that's just something you never see from Custer. And the birds took full advantage of, of him having an off game because, man, if, if I mean, if he had if he had a usual game like he did, I mean, like Mueller said, I mean, Loyola just didn't play very good. Mm-hmm. And Custer had an off night. And, you know, whether ISU got lucky, they guarded him well, or, you know, they, they really took advantage of him not... Mm-hmm. Of them struggling, and that's that was probably a key point to this game, along with Luke and uh, Lucas Williamson's injury as well. You know, mm-hmm. their defense wasn't as strong as it has been in the past. Uh, Custer not having the game that he has, you know, that he's been playing for most of the part of the season, and you know, Loyola chipped away at the end. I mean, they yeah. they climbed back in it within single digits at eight. Uh, I think uh, it was like there was like two fifty, two forty eight left to play in the game, and they were only losing by eight points. Yeah, they got it back within six. And, you know, it was a good game. It was a great game to watch. I mean, the Birds, you know, at halftime they had a 10-0 run. And as I mean, mm-hmm. Phil Fain had made another bucket yep. to get in the second half, they were up 12-0. Or a 12-0 run, they were up 12 points. And it's interesting to see that the offense uh, clicks at certain points when other people start shooting. Like we said before, Keyshawn, once he starts getting hot, it yeah. seems like it's a contagious thing. And Dan Moore has kind of alluded that to, to that as well. Um, you know, yeah, he I mean, has had uh, better shooting teams, and he's also had worse <laughs> worst shooting teams. And, uh, you know, this morning, actually, the press conference between all the reserve coaches, Muller has kind of, you know, said that this team of shooters is the core, and they're going in a positive direction. So why don't we take a listen to what Dan Muller had to say this morning. You know, shooting is a tough thing. Um, but when guys start shooting it really well in practice, that's when my confidence grows. And when you need... You know, I've had teams that don't shoot it well, as you know. I mean, four, about four or five years ago, we had a bunch of guys that weren't very good shooters, and we needed them to make shots. And I would never tell, say in, in the media to those guys, look, you guys got to make some shots because they just weren't as good as shooters. This team's got really good shooters on it. Um, and I, I know that from coaching them and then from the summer. So you got guys that, that can shoot the ball and they're in a slump. Um, I'm, I'm always usually optimistic that, they're going to make him eventually. Well, there you had it. Yeah. I Moore mean, knows the kind of kind of team that he has right now, and especially the way that they've been playing and the shooters that have been shooting. They've been Shots are finally falling. And he called yeah. that after the Bradley game as well. He's like, don't worry, everyone. I promise we're going to make shots eventually. This is not how Redbird basketball is meant to play. But do you think Redbird basketball is playing their best right now? And moving yeah. forward, do you think they can keep that up? Yeah, I mean, I think 
As so far, I mean, from this season, I think absolutely they're playing the best basketball they have all season long, and this is kind of the perfect timing to to kind of start getting towards your better basketball and best basketball of the season. You know, I mean, back in you know November, December, you know, there's obviously those were uh, hugely important games on the resume. Um, would have been huge non-conference wins if they could have pulled some of those off. They didn't get every win they would have wanted. But I think that really set them up for this, as we were saying all season, the Missouri Valley Conference yeah, schedule. You know, conference. Absolutely. And I think it set them up for this for this schedule. And, you know, right now they're they're starting to click and they're they're coming together. The offense is flowing more and the defense I think has has really stepped it up. Absolutely. And that's what's most important. And this is the perfect timing to finally start clicking and gather some momentum. Absolutely. I think they can keep it going forward. Along with that defensive side, it's kind of come down to Matt Chastain. He's earned that starting yeah. spot as the big man for that team. And he comes out and he just you see the aggressiveness that he plays with. You see the fire that he plays with. And he kind of ignites the entire team to get behind him on the defensive side. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, Chastain, only a sophomore. He's kind of been the glue for this defense and this strong uh, string of games that they have been winning. But, you know, now... I think at this point in the season, they have to find a way to keep this mindset and keep this momentum moving forward. Yeah. If they want to stay atop the Valley, they're probably going to find Loyola somewhere down the line again, especially in Arch Madness. As we uh-huh. hear that, we're only a month away. Yeah. And they need to find that in both their work ethic and diligence, or work ethic and mindset, rather. And Keyshawn Evans has kind of alluded to that. He's kind of been that vocal leader so far. Mm-hmm. And he's been saying, Absolutely. like, we have to keep our head down and keep working hard on what we need to focus on. And I think that's possible. I think mm-hmm. an MVC tournament title is more than doable. But because of that senior leadership and team morale is going to be that defining factor for that for their rest of the season. But right now all we can do is wait and see. And, you know... Their next game Tuesday against Valparaiso yeah. kind of presents another challenge for them. Valparaiso, another tough team in the Valley. They, all they do, they sit they sit sixth in the conference standings, but they're not right. a team to be taken lightly. No, they're not. I mean, I mean, as we saw at the very beginning of the Valley Valley Conference season, uh, I mean, it was that was ISU's first matchup, and they fell to Valpo, obviously on the half court buzzer beater. Clearly, a game you know that could have went either way. One that ISU kind of uh, let go. Um, but Valpo, like you said, is not a team that should be taken lightly, even though they've fallen to sixth in the Valley. They started off pretty hot. They were first tied for first for a while in the conference. Um, and I mean, they're not, they're not horrible. They have the third best defense in the conference. They only allow about 66 points per game. Whereas ISU, they allow 71 points per game. And they're, as we've known, this season, they've been one of the worst defenses in the conference. Getting better, yes, they're, but They're still. getting up there, but yeah, they, they've been the worst, or one of the worst all season long. Whereas Valpo, I mean, they've got they've got a much better defense. Their offense has been solid. Um, obviously, it hurts them that Ryan Fizikas, their newcomer, is, is going to be out for this game against the Redbirds. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, he's a guy that uh, I can't remember off the top of my head how many points he scored in that game, but he was one that certainly helped the Crusaders get back into that mm-hmm. game. Uh, actually, yeah, he scored the team-high 14 points in that one uh, back on January 2nd. Mm-hmm. Clearly, I mean, he, he went 4 for 8 in the game, and those, and those were all three-pointers. Mm-hmm. Um, clearly a three-point threat, guy that can get rally the team, get him back in the game. I think that hurts Valpo in this one. Um, 
it's going to be a tough one, though. Obviously, it's it's just another valley. Another, another valley. valley another game. valley game. And excuse me, before Valparaiso <laughs> sits fifth in the valley, they were fifth. twelve and eleven in conference play, or twelve eleven overall, five and five in conference play. Missouri State is also five and five in conference play, but they were eleven and twelve overall. They sit at number six. Uh, but Kate, I'll kind of bring this back to you. The keys to this game against Valparaiso, although. The birds are streaking right now. Three-game win streak, mm-hmm. coming off a really great win, very good team win against Loyola. What do you think they need to hone in on against Valparaiso? One more game at home before they go on the road again. Well, I think, as we've said all season, getting off to a hot start, um, score early and often. Uh, don't you know? I think Valpo will get their buckets for the most part. They've they've got a pretty decent offensive game. I mean, obviously with Fizikas out, that'll hurt them a lot, uh, but. ISU just needs to get out of the gates strong and build that lead going into halftime because we know they're undefeated when leading at halftime. I think as long as they can do that again, I, I truly believe they can keep that stack going. And also to get everybody involved. You know, this last game, all eight, all eight players scored. I think when, they, when they're able to move the ball around a lot, it creates more opportunities for the offense and uh, creates more open guys, you know, coming off coming off screens and everything, uh, gets gets more guys open. And obviously with a couple guys injured right now, mm-hmm. they're very limited. So I think it's more important to get everybody involved. Exactly. And I was just going to kind of, you know, touch on that as well. The depth that they yeah. do have, Josh Jefferson going down, Taylor Baringa still nursing injuries. Um, Matt Hine Matt out. Hine also yep. out with a broken hand. Yeah. They're going to have to have and use everybody in this game to come together. And like I said, team wins are the most important thing for a team, especially at this point in the season. Um, but I agree with you. I think if they get out early, they get out often, and they score early and often, I think they're going to continue this halftime win streak of you know 13-0, 14-0, possibly. You don't know that. But right. like we said in the past, we never know what to expect with this team when they come out and play. Uh like we've said in our last edition of this podcast, they kind of, you don't really know what to expect. At home, yeah. you kind of have an idea because they've been so successful at Redburn Arena. Right. And I'm just kind of more playing devil's advocate for this point. Uh, if they come out and they, you know, they go up on a 10 0 run to open up the game and it's, you know, 16 to 6 leading, you know, midway through the first half or something mm. like that, then I'll, I'll get more comfortable with what I'm going to say. But I truly don't believe that this game is won before it has started. I think it's going to be another close game. I think yeah. it's going to be a, a game won on the defensive side on both sides of the ball. And it's going to be not about the offense's, you know, star power for either team. It's going to be about who's going to be able to stop that star power. And, you know, the way the defense has been playing, especially against Loyola, on Saturday, mm-hmm. I think they might be able to replicate that, and they have a good mindset right now. The birds are playing very good basketball, as we said in the past. Mm-hmm. But again, we're gonna have to wait and see for Tuesday. The Redbirds take on Valparaiso at 7 p.m. Tuesday at Redburn Arena to continue their home stretch before they go on the road. Yeah. Uh, Cade, let's do a nice little prediction a little for this prediction. one. We've been doing a little more predictions uh, as of late. So, what do you think? Right. Go ahead. Um, you know. Everything seems, I don't know, ISU's coming in on a three-game winning streak. Valpo is coming in on a four-game losing streak. And, I mean, it almost makes you want to pick the opposite for each streak to end. I don't know. But let's see. Yeah, Valpo is still 4-5 and five on the road. ISU's 10-2 and two at home. Well, I think the Redbirds are going to pull off this win. As long as win they, like I said, as long as they can get off to a comfortable start in the first 10, 15 minutes or so, mm-hmm. kind of get carry some momentum into halftime uh, is going to be a key for them once again because they've 
pretty much won almost every pretty much won every game that they've carried momentum into the yeah. half. And I don't know about a score. I'll say it's like a hard. five or six point game. It's always hard. To... I think I think it'll come down to about a five six point game. Yeah. Uh, around seventy to sixty four. I think or I, 65. I I might have to agree with you on the exact same score. I think yeah. I really like that as well. Um, like think, we said, I mean, it was gonna it's gonna come down to that, and it's gonna be a six point margin. It's gonna be that. But mm-hmm. as always, the valley is a meat grinder, and it always will be, and I will forever <laughs> tout that. But this is all we have for you guys this time around. The Redbirds will be playing Valparaiso at Doug Collins Court in Redburn Arena at 7 p.m. this Tuesday before they go on the road against Missouri State Sunday and continue their road stretch against UNI February 13th on that Wednesday. Uh, be sure to follow us on Twitter at Vedette Sports and keep up with everything on the latest Illinois State sports at VedetteOnline.com. This has been the Redbird Report. We're John and Cade signing off until next week, guys. Stay out, birds. Go as you. Can.